0: Good evening. Thank you all for, uh, for coming tonight. I think uh, Pastor Ryan announced that I was going to be teaching tonight, so I was worried. Uh, I didn't know, didn't know if we'd have anybody in here today. Um, for those of you who don't know me, which I think is, is no one, um, I'm Pastor Michael Vaughn. Uh, I am the family pastor here at Nansman River Baptist Church, and I am excited to be here. Um, this is this is the first time in three and a half years that I haven't been um I haven't been up with the the teens or the children on a Wednesday night. So this is kind of cool. I'm I'm a little nervous. I hope I hope y'all aren't. Um I've been asked by Pastor Ryan and the elders of the church to talk about uh the gospel for teens. We've been this equipped series in the fall. On uh, the gospel for all, and and so, correct me if I'm wrong. We've been talking about what it means and and how we can go about sharing the the mysteries of our faith, the the, the, the faith passed down once for all to uh, different niche groups and, and uh, of different religions and different worldviews, and uh, and so, um, I've been asked to talk about sharing the gospel and 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 what the gospel means for. Teenagers specifically, and so um, I'm I'm glad to do that. And and but before we we get into that lesson, let me uh, let me open us in a word of prayer, and then we'll we'll talk. Our Father, I thank you so much for uh, for the gospel. I thank you for what it means to be the the people that you have called to to be in this world and sharing the light of Christ. Um, and spreading the, the good news of the kingdom of God and, and what you have done through your son to, uh, to, to allow us as sinners to be a part of that kingdom. We thank you, Lord, for, for, uh, for laying your life down and, uh, and not considering equality with God a thing to be grasped, grasped, but, um, but, but laying your life down uh, for sinners, for us, that we might have eternal life. Um, Lord, we love our teenagers. We love uh, our teenagers and we love the teenagers that are around us. And uh, we know it, is, it can be challenging to, to even have a normal conversation with kids, um, much less uh, deep and, and spiritual conversations. Nothing that we can do, nothing that we do is, um, is possible aside from your Spirit's leading. And so um, we pray, Lord, tonight that as we talk about the gospel for teenagers, um, that you would guide my words, that you'd guide this discussion, and that you would help us um, by developing in us a heart that, that loves the, the young ones, the least of these in our congregation and in our community around us and, uh, and, and in the world around us at large. God, you are good. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, teenagers are, are fun, um, I, uh, I, I've gotten to spend the last, uh, 12 years as, a, as an, an employee of, of a church. The last, uh, the last eight years, I, I've been an elder. I, I was ordained in, uh, at a church in Kentucky and, uh, I was, I started in full-time ministry working with college students. Uh, I did a college ministry, um, just outside of Louisville, Kentucky while I was in seminary. Um, before that, I worked at an inner city youth ministry that was it was geared toward at risk kids and and I got to hang out with a lot of children who had never grown up in a church context and uh, there was a lot of um, of gospel opportunities there with kids who'd grown up with a very different worldview from the the white middle class anglo saxon protestant um, upbringing that i had and uh and then over the last now it's been seven years since uh, since I became a full-time youth pastor and now a family pastor here at Nansman River and so I've spent a lot of time since being a teenager with teenagers I got to uh, I, I got to um, share my faith as a teenager the Lord converted me when I was um, 16 years old I started going to a youth group I thought I was going to meet girls uh, the Lord knew I was going to meet him and uh, and he gave me a heart for 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 kids and for families and for my my fellow teenagers and um, and I went to Bible college thinking that I wanted to be a youth minister. Um, it was it was at Bible college that I decided I, I wanted to to broaden that horizon and I, I went in, I went for full on just church ministry. But the, but God brought me back into. Youth ministry, and so uh, so here I am, which I I, th- I think that explains a little bit of why Pastor Ryan asked me to speak on this subject today. Um, I'm, I'm going to start just kind of by talking about why this has its own week. Why are, why are we talking about teenagers? It, to a degree, I feel like sometimes we complicate um, you know the, the the way that we as as Christians w- are to evangelize teenagers. They're just they're kids. They're people like us, and and. It, in a, in a sense, it's no different than if we're if we're going and sharing the gospel with anyone else. Um, but uh, teenagers have they do have a little bit of a different worldview because they're in a stage of life where they're trying to figure out what that worldview is, and so uh, they're vulnerable in that sense. and uh, And it it does take a little bit of a, a special heart and kind of a special understanding if we're going to engage teenagers in a way that. Uh, that, that they're able to to recognize that what we 're telling them is something they should think about so um let me talk a little bit about teens um, they are they are in a very difficult stage of of life development teenagers um, they they kind of they have it rough they're they're probably in the second most difficult stage of life after uh, after those who are in, in that end of life stage um, Teenagers get told by parents and by society that they're not kids anymore, right? We've, we most of you who have teenagers have been told, uh, or have told them, right? I'm, you're not a kid anymore, and then maybe that same day or even in that same conversation, uh, you, you have to humble them by reminding them that they're just kids, right? That kids will hear that that contradictory message um, quite often. You're not kids anymore, and then. And then they want to do something. You're like, you're too young for that. You're you're just a kid. You're not you're not ready for this kind of stuff. Um, what we mean by that is 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 okay, right? It makes sense to us. Um, they aren't kids anymore in the sense that uh, teenagers have now reached an an age of increased personal responsibility. They they need to start cleaning up after themselves. They need to um, start thinking about the decisions that they they make for their life. I hear giggling, so. I, I guess uh, Josiah isn't going to start cleaning up after himself when he hits nine. Is that is that what I'm hearing? Oh well, it's a pipe dream. Um, but but yeah. So they've 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 got uh, they're in a in a, a season where they're learning and, and being held accountable for for um, increased areas of, of responsibility and and their, their bodies are maturing physically. Um, and and at the same time, they, they're they're inexperienced, so they've got these new responsibilities, but they've never undertaken such responsibilities before. And they've got to figure out through trial and error. Um, sometimes they need to learn by, uh, by by just being better listeners, which is also a form of trial and error. Um, and and they've they've got um, they're still developing physically, so so their their bodies are changing. They're not kids anymore. They're um, their brains are starting to to come to terms with long term planning. They, they're they're expressing their their will more than they did when they were when they were little children. Um, and and so it's it's different. And at the same time, their bodies are changing. And, and there's an there's a uh, a high level of emotion bending hormones that parents and and teenagers have to deal with. Um, if you think about just the, the change that, that happens in just a couple of years, right, maybe maybe, maybe your daughter, uh, you know, a few years ago was was playing catch with the boys out in the yard, and then a few months later, she starts to feel like boys are icky and doesn't want to be anywhere near them, and then a few months later, all of a sudden, she's got a crush on that boy that she still somehow thinks is icky, but she also wants to be around him more. And, and all of those changes and that, that change in perspective, is, it, it happens within the, the span of a couple of months, right? It, I mean, these, these changes are happening. They're trying to figure out what they're supposed to do with themselves. Teenagers often feel like they have a lot of the expectations of maturity, uh, maybe not quite adulthood, but but expectations of being a mature person laid on them while still um, not being given all the freedoms and benefits of adulthood, and that that's why we see the the um, you know the caricature of teenagers as being confused and angsty and frustrated, and and for a lot of teens uh, they they hit some depression right. Teens are in a tough spot. What teens need to know, teenagers need to know, is that while they're still growing and they need they. They need to trust and honor and obey the heads of their households uh, they don't have to wait until they hit adulthood to be valuable and respected individuals. Uh, I think a lot of times what I've seen from from teenagers is that they they know that they're still kids, but they're they're grasping for respect and and honor from from adults around them to to just be recognized as somebody valuable, somebody important, somebody worthy of respect. Teens are image bearers of the one true and living God, and are therefore valuable. And they're able to make a difference now. They they can impact their world. They can uh, they can create art that is beautiful and enjoyable, and they can also be Justin Bieber, which is not art in any way. <laughs> That was not in my notes, I just, that was for free. Um, they're, also, they're also at an age where they, they have to, we have to help them recognize that they're sinners. They're responsible for the, the consequences of their own actions. They're accountable to the righteous judge now. And so whether, whether their deepest obsession is relationships or their future ambitions or video games, teenagers are in the stage of life where they're trying to figure out actively and passively who they are, and what's important, and where they belong in the world. In other words, the teenage years is the stage of life where young people really start trying to nail down their own identity. Now, Satan, and the world, and the fallen flesh of humanity all conspire against us uh, to tell us that we're to find our identity apart from the will and the word of God. And since teenagers are in the stage of life uh, where their self-concept starts to be seriously shaped, they are the most vulnerable um, to the deception and the darkness of those enemies, the sin and Satan, the world, fallen flesh. They're easy targets. They're easily manipulated. They're inexperienced, they're hormonal. They're children who, who deal daily with very adult trials and temptations. Social development, uh, like making friends and finding community. Uh, physical and sexual health, education, all of these are really vital. They, all of those things are are important uh, to to helping our kids form that identity and, and form... Um, uh, the well-being of, of, of the individual. But the most foundational thing that teens need to know um, and to acknowledge is, is their identity. Who am I? Why am I here? What am I supposed to think and to do about it? So the parents and grandparents and Christian neighbors who love teens get to be the ones to help kids find their identity in Christ in, in this and every generation. And that means sharing the gospel with them, whether they are Christians, they being the teenagers, uh, whether they're Christians or members of Christian households or adherence to other religions or worldviews or, or if they're just plain lost, they don't know what they think. We are responsible, especially for those in our own household, to, to help them figure out, help them to re- realize, recognize, and acknowledge uh, their identity in, in the eye of their creator and um, their identity in the context of the gospel. So how do we do that? How do we engage teenagers in this generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Let me uh, read a scripture passage to you. I like this one. It's a good youth minister uh, passage. I try not to be cliche too often, but uh, I think even saying I don't want to be cliche is now cliche, so I I don't know. But First Timothy chapter four verse twelve says, "Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity." Now that the context of that is is the Apostle Paul uh, writing to his protege Timothy, who was probably an adult by then. He was probably in his in his thirties or forties, um, and and Paul calls him a youth. But uh, but the um, the application there is, is the same, right? If, if you're a Christian, then 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 we stand with the, with a, a level of respect and, and dignity. And so when, when we've got youth who are trying to figure out who they are and we're sharing the gospel with them, I think a big part of how we can connect with them is, is by letting them recognize that, that, that we see them and we don't see them as, as just little kids anymore. So, so uh, part, of, part of sharing the gospel with teenagers is understanding teens, which is, I mean, I, I might as well be telling the guys to, that they need to understand women, but um, it's difficult. It's hard to understand teenagers who don't fully understand themselves. Um, but, but just a few things that I've, I've noticed and that sociologists have, have acknowledged um, within the culture of, of teenagers in, in this generation um, is it, first of all, teenagers have—they've um, become far more socially conscious in recent years. Um, Do greatly in part to to the um, the rise of social media and to the availability of of news information. It's just everywhere. Um, everywhere you look, there's there's just social discussion. There's there's news. There's um, pop culture. And, and it's all right there on their phones or their, or their tablets and, and it's easy to, to get a hold of. Um, in, in the West, um, there, there are a lot of um, assumptions that teens have been brought up in, right? Uh, one of them is, is relativism. I, I listened um, to one of Pastor Ryan's um, Wednesday Night Equip sessions from earlier in the spring and he talked a little bit about postmodernism and, and and how now we're we're kind of in the postmodernism post postmodern age. Uh postmodernism was, was where we saw kind of a rise in that that relativism. Truth is relative, what what I what I believe is my truth. Um, but now we're we're even hitting kind of a a, a post postmodernism. Uh, instead of instead of deconstructing and, and reconstructing um, our own concept of truth now teenagers have have grown up with parents who did that and and truth is just all out there. there there's there's less to deconstruct because there wasn't there wasn't much left for them to to grasp onto and and we're starting to see teenagers who are just hungry and desperate for for some kind of solid ground to, to, to stand on um, but that relativism has 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 maintained itself in in a lot of youth culture. Uh, so whatever sounds good, whatever's beneficial, whatever is less repressive to my own desires is the truth that I'd prefer to adopt. That's, that's what a lot of the teens who are brought up, a lot of people who are brought up outside of the church, um, they, they live in that, that kind of worldview. Their world, worldview might change and that's okay, right? They, they can acknowledge that what was true for me a few months ago is, is now not true for me anymore, but it can still be true for you and that's fine. You do you. I'll do me. Truth, truth is not just relative, but it's it's evolving, and and that's the culture we live in. We can kind of see some of the ways that's that's played out um, in in pop culture. Um. Yeah, the way the way to to kind of sum that up, truth is really just how how one interprets reality from their own perspective, um, and we know that's we know that's not that's not plausible, it, that you can't live that way, right? Um, we, we, we believe that there is truth, and truth is rooted in reality, and reality is rooted in one creator God who, who, has, who is the, the Lord over all, and who has made all things for his glory. And that's, that gives us a basis for knowledge and understanding. So, so all that to say, teenagers are really confused. They, they've always been confused. Teenagers in 1922 were confused. They're, they're all, they're, we've always been trying to figure out what we're, what we're supposed to know and what we're supposed to do. But, but in a generation that has, that has been baptized in relativism, relativism, teenagers are especially confused about knowing what, what is true and what, what, they're supposed to, what they're supposed to believe about what, what they're supposed to believe. Um, it also not just not just from an epistemological um, stance, um, are, are they dealing with that re- relativism? But it also goes for questions of morality, right? Um, I, I was listening to a, a podcast just the other day, where uh, where a, a Christian was was talking to um, a a self-identified secular humanist, which is a fancy way of saying she's an agnostic. She she doesn't believe she doesn't believe in in a um, a spiritual world, um, and and they were talking about uh, sexual ethics. Where you know he was asking where her where her stance and her standard comes uh, for for what is what is good and what is bad, what is right and what is wrong, and uh, and and for a lot of her answer was um, reflective. I think of a lot of teenagers now. We we see that consent is really the only parameter that is um, that is laid down between right and wrong. As long as if, if what you're going to do affects me, it's, it's only, it's only wrong if I didn't consent to it, right? Or if, and so that's, that's the basis. Um, and, and if, if you go down that rabbit trail, which we won't tonight, um, it, it falls apart It falls apart in like two or three easy steps. Um, but that's the, that's the, that's the culture that our teenagers are, are growing up in, um. There's also the, the spiritual reality, right? A, a, a teenager um, is, a, is a, a son or daughter of, of Adam and Eve, right? They have been born into a fallen world. They have bor- been born um, um, fallen. They've been bro- born broken. And so if a teenager is not bo- has not been born again by God's grace through, uh, through receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ by faith alone, they're spiritually dead. Uh, they don't they don't want good news that tells them that they need a savior from the wrath of God of the one holy righteous God of which they like all mankind are destined to receive as sinners um, they, it's It's oppressive it's painful it's prickly right the gospel message is good news only if you understand the bad news and uh, and and teenagers like everyone else in the world. Um, are, are rebels against the will of God. And, and so when we're, when we're evangelizing teenagers, we, we need to approach that, approach the, the conversation with that in the back of our mind, that we're not, we're not speaking to a, a blank slate, we're not sp- speaking to spiritually neutral people, but we're speaking to, to, to sinners whose hearts are, are, are more concerned with self-exaltation, with self-pleasure, um, with with self expression and self autonomy Auto- uh, yeah just autonomy right self autonomy is redundant um, with they 're obsessed with autonomy rather than submissive faith in jesus christ and so so that 's part of that that culture or that context of of teenagers um, also socially since um, the 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 spirit of the age is that everyone should just do whatever makes them happy or identify as whatever whatever you want to at any given moment. Um, unbelieving teenagers are gen, generally suspicious of of anybody making truth claims, um, primarily and particularly Christians, conservative Christians. We're the we're the fun police, right? Um, we're the uh, we're viewed as being the the group that wants to restrain what the world is telling them is good and fun and fulfilling. And this means that we need to be especially intentional about showing humility uh, when, we, when we have gospel conversations with, with teenagers. Uh, we also need to be intentional about showing genuine concern uh, for, for teenagers' well-being. Um, if we can show them that we actually care about them, then, then they'll excuse some of what they perceive to be our uh, our restrictive and oppressive opinions about about personal autonomy. So, how do we how do we share the gospel with teens? First, um, I I would tell you that you need to know your Bible so that you can use your Bible. Um, gone are the days when when you can be fed a uh, a script. Of, you know, if you if you ask them this question and then you um, tell them this claim, and then you ask them another question, and then you you tell them that they need to receive Jesus, the, the, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, going through some kind of canned evangelistic um, methodology, it it tends to it tends to fall apart when talking to to kids who are steeped in relativism. So so. We go back to the word of god the the Word of God is the is the power of God to save the gospel is the power of God to save um, there's nothing that can change a sinner's heart uh, except for except for God's good news and so know your Bible and then responsibly responsibly use the bible um, clobber texts and proof texts they they don't tend to be as um as persuasive with t- teenagers they don't it doesn't matter to them what uh, what you what you can quote from a Bible if you can't show them the context and and we, we kind of need we, we kind of need an understanding of why they should trust the Bible. Um, the The popular assumption in the world is that the Bible is of human origin that it was it was written by a bunch of a bunch of dead guys and it's been corrupted over time. So so it, it's only authoritative in the, in their worldview to those who accept it as their truth and so so when when you're when you're talking to teenagers especially those who've been raised outside of the church it is it is vital that you know your stuff you need you need to know your bible and so if you if you love your teenagers and you feel like um you still don't know your bible that's a really cool way to evangelize your teens is by saying hey let's i don't know my bible very well let's read it together um and and as you learn more as you as you can um, back up your faith with what the Word of God actually says, it leads to more fruitful discussions with, with your teens. Um, also, don't be afraid to have spiritual discussions. Um, I grew up, um, at the, I'm a millennial, I'm a true millennial. I was, I was 15 on Y2K. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, I, I, I remember hearing in, in church you know, like we've got it. It was almost like a. You, you treat the gospel like a. Um, like anybody here ever have a dog that that got fleas or something, and then you had to give it a pill, right? And and you have to wrap the you have to wrap the pill up in like cheese in order to get your dog to to swallow the pill, right? Because why would it want to swallow the, that bitter pill? And and the way a lot of us were were taught back back then the way i was taught back then was to treat the gospel almost like it was that bitter pill we got to wrap it up in cheese we got to make it we got to make it seem like it's it's enjoyable like it's something you know and then we're we're sneaking that sneaking this bitter little pill in there and and the the problem with that is that the gospel's not a bitter pill it's good news right and and it's not it's not something that we're trying to manipulate and trick people into into believing it's it's the truth we we're, we we're, we're, we we shouldn't be ashamed uh, of the gospel and and i and i say this again with with teenagers because they they can pick out when we're trying to to get one over on them teenagers aren't they're not dumb some of them are right i mean let's admit it but or at least they do dumb stuff but but they're not they're not stupid and and they can they can see through they can th- see through you know the, the the tricks. so let's not use them. Um, let's engage instead in, in genuine spiritual discussions. I don't think we need to be as afraid to have those conversations, especially being, being people who are confident in the Word of God and confident in the gospel as, the, as what has has saved us. So we, we, we engage in discussions. Um, but when we engage in discussions. Uh, I think one way that we can we can um, have a fruitful talk with with teenagers is by listening more and arguing less. Right? We 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 listen more, we argue less. Ask questions. Let them do the talking. Um, ask a lot of why questions. Um, even if they can't answer, even if they can't answer one of your why questions, it's at least getting them to consider the reason for 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 the way they think. Uh, there it'll, it'll cause them to, to maybe think back on, on, you know, even if it's later on, they're going to try to figure out why they think the way that they do. Especially if you ask them, why do you, why do you think that that's the, that's the way that you think about that? You'll, you'll love the look on their face. Also, if you're having a genuine spiritual discussion with them, it'll help you understand where they're coming from. And, um, and that, in turn, will help you know which direction to point them. Uh, now, ultimately, we know we're, we're, we're always pointing them in the direction of, of Jesus, right? Our gospel conversations always want to point to, to the Lord Jesus. But uh, when we ask those questions, when we have those those um, discussions, it'll help us to understand what they're looking for so that you can help them to see how the gospel addresses those, um, you know, the, the, the needs, at least their perceived needs um, that, that that they're wrestling with and And it'll help you show them how the way they're going about trying to figure out their identity or figure out what's important or figure out what's you know ultimately going to to bring them lasting joy how outside of the gospel it's just a dead end um, and then and then help help them to ask the right questions too. I think that's a that's an important thing when we're having discussions with teenagers who you know surrounding the gospel. Second, um, we don't we don't water down the gospel. Don't water down the gospel or gloss over the difficult truths of the Bible. Um, I think I think uh, I know that when I was a teenager, I always felt like I felt like some people underestimated, you know, what what me and my and my my friends were able to to grasp onto. Do you realize that like some of your kids in high school are doing like and they're doing they're doing like physics I don't know if they're doing quantum physics yet but it feels like that I had to read I had to read Beowulf right like I I mean and so so when we when we act like theological truths are maybe too deep for kids right now I think we're underestimating what what they're capable of of wrestling with Um, and, and so don't shy away from difficult things um a lot of teenagers have uh, have heard through the grapevine of those weird stories in the bible right where like somebody went into a city and, and and cut open all the all the pregnant women and it's like well how could a good god let that happen among his people right that that used to be that that some of that some of us get scared right oh man what if they ask me a question about that psalm where where david's praying that someone will dash their baby's heads against the rocks right or what about that that weird you know the the I don't know. There's all kinds of weird stories, right? Um, the the Canaanite genocide, uh, where where the the people of God go into this land and wipe out everybody. You know, like we can engage in those conversations without being apologetic. Like we can acknowledge that this stuff is in the Bible and it's true and it's real, and, and then and then you know let them let them question, let them struggle with that stuff. Uh, I had a friend who who um, texted me just, just yesterday. Uh, it was somebody had sent him a meme. One of his non-Christian friends uh, sent him a meme uh, that, that said, said it was, it was jabbing at, at conservative Christians where they're like, uh, you know, why do you guys say, you know, do the things that Jesus did and yet none of you guys want to seem to want to help the poor. And, you know, it was one of those kind of talking points, right? And then, and then his, his response was, yeah, we should do what Jesus did. You know, like, uh, like, like, Tell tell a woman that she needs to stop sleeping with 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 men she's not married to, and he said the conversation ended real quick after that. But but and and you know some of us might might like shy away from that. But it, it's it's the gospel. We don't we don't need to be ashamed of what God's word has told us. There's there's a reason why what God says is good. Um, we we trust that it's good, and 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 kids need to hear that, and they need to they need to wrestle with whether or not. Um, they can trust God's word, and and we get to help them wrestle. Um. So yeah, don't underestimate them. And then don't forget the gospel, right? It's the teaching kids the gospel is not the same as telling them not to have sex until they're married, or to vote Republican, or to, um, or, or to to you know to avoid, you know, and 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 try to work through any kind of, you know, um. Gender issues quietly, right? We don't you know, like we don't we don't want to turn the gospel into a a moralistic uh, message. We, we present the good news of Christ, and and so yeah, sharing sharing that Christ died for our sins, in accordance with the Scripture, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and and this is to be received by by faith alone, is, uh, is an important part of the gospel conversation with teenagers. Again, if they can understand pre-calculus, if they can understand Beowulf, they can understand the gospel. Um, again, so teenagers, these days, one of the culture thing, cultural things that uh, we, can, we can see is that, that they, are, um, they are longing for a more beautiful world they really are because of their their connection with uh, with social media kids are able to see things that that teenagers didn't see fifty years ago right um, you know there, there are countries that, that they can pull up a picture of on on their phone in two seconds that I that that I'd have had to go find an encyclopedia in a library in order to, to learn about um, so they they're they're much more globally focused and and they They've grown up in a world where you know there's been a lot of social talking points, and this doesn't have to be a a political issue with with teenagers, but but what what we do want to show them is how the gospel of Jesus Christ um, paints a big picture of salvation. Um, it, it is vital that they understand the individual implications of the gospel, where you are we are sinners, we are subject to the wrath of God, and and we need to be forgiven. That is. I mean, don't hear me downplaying that at all. That is absolutely what they need to hear. But the gospel is much more than that as well. It's also the story of, of how God is putting his, his world back together. He's redeeming the world. And, and that, that part of the gospel appeals to, to teens in a big way. Um, they, they, they are genuinely concerned about things like, like racial equality. And the gospel speaks to that. They're, they're genuinely concerned about the environment and 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 the gospel speaks to how we as as his peop as the people of God are to steward the world and and how Jesus um through the gospel is is redeeming the world and making you know he's going to make all things new again uh and 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 so yeah the the way that they use social media we we can engage in those conversations as well the gospel is is um is a, it's a big picture salvation as well and that that appeals to to this generation of teenagers. Um, kids spend hours each day talking and, and editing and filtering Instagram photos and putting together funny TikTok videos. Um, and so so that's I mean, and they're doing that to connect with people. Um, now right now we're we're still what is it almost two years in the midst of a. Uh, of a a pandemic, and uh, we all went through the quarantine together and and even in the aftermath where we 're not fully quarantined anymore there's still there's still a distance that that exists it's really hard to get people together it's hard to stay together for long and and uh, and that's you know the kids are craving genuine community and the gospel addresses that when we share the gospel with teenagers we, we need to show them how the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus not only restores our individual lives, but but it also promises to renew the whole world. Let me read uh, Revelation 21, verses 1 through 5 to you. I, I think this is uh, a teenager like I, this is a, a really fun verse to read with with youth because I I think that they they get a, a glimpse of it and it, and it and it ignites a desire for the world made right again. Um. You will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And I think that that when we are, are sharing the gospel with teenagers, if we reduce it to merely... Believe in Jesus, repent, and you will be saved, right? Which is true, right? But if we reduce it to that, we're missing some really great opportunities to share and show them the big picture of God's plan um, for their lives. Again, remember, they're, they're looking for an identity. They're trying to figure out who they are. And, and truths like this, the hopes of, of eternity, um, helps, to, helps us to, to get a glimpse of, of who we are now, right? Teens, teens need that. We all need that, but teens do too. Also, when you're sharing the gospel, uh, show them that you're paying attention to the, to the cultural things that they value and show them how God's word addresses them. Oh, I, I already said that. Um, yeah, so so number next is ask questions to gauge understanding of what you're trying to communicate. Uh, uh, again, I, I, I kind of grew up, being taught and, and experiencing like the, the canned evangelism like you know step by step here's how to evangelize and so you know this is what you do and, and what, what a lot of those things lack is an opportunity for people to like engage in discussion and so teenagers have questions and some and everyone's different right All these teenagers have, have different backgrounds they have different experiences, different upbringings. and so as you're sharing, be sure to ask questions. Um, I, I really do, like ironically, I know I've been up here talking by myself for 40 minutes, but I, uh, I, I believe in the principle of, of, of listening more and, and, and talking less. I think we can share more of our faith if we, if we listen and, and it gives us an, an understanding of where they are. It's easier to help somebody find their way, um, find their way home if you know where they're at, right? So, so ask more questions, listen to them. Um, there are a lot of false gospels out there that are that are far more pervasive and palatable among teenagers that have gained wide acceptance so so keep in mind as we're as you're sharing the gospel when you say things like put your faith in Jesus and you will be saved you, you can't necessarily assume that they understand what you mean by that right who is who is this Jesus so so ask questions get them to reflect on what you just said to them and and See if they understand what, what you mean when you say faith. Uh, what do you mean when you say, you know, you will be saved? Saved from what? And then uh, another principle here here is, is don't give up, right? Teenagers are stubborn because they're human and, and humans are stubborn. So we, we recognize that, that teenagers really are trying to figure out what they believe and what's important and what they're supposed to be doing for their lives. So even if they're hostile or disinterested or or just dense, um, the gospel really is what they need. As you approach these conversations, r- remind yourself that, that that what these kids really need isn't more entertainment. They don't want. They don't need me to act cool. They don't need me to, to imp, you know impress them with my rhetoric, right? What What they need is the gospel, and and, and that that needs to be our goal. The gospel is what they need. It's it's their only hope. Also, don't take it personally if your attempts fail. Um, you might not know an answer. They'll ask you a. Some of them like they've been on the internet and they've read Richard Dawkins and they ask you a stump question. Right? It's okay to be like I I don't know. I you know you're not going to drive a lost person further away from God by sharing the gospel. Um, that's that's I think a lot of people's fear right I don't I, I want to know how to speak the gospel to to teenagers because I don't want to drive them further away when, when I try you're not going to drive a kid further away from God um, by sharing the gospel you can, you can drive them further away by being a hypocrite you can drive them further away by by being abusive or arrogant but not by sharing the gospel Um if you drive these little ones away because of your own character, right, Jesus, Jesus says it's, it'll be better, than, it'll be better for, for you if you had a, a millstone tied around your neck. So, so repent, right? Repent in front of them. If you make mistakes in front of kids, tell them you're sorry. Genuine humility on your part is a testimony of the gospel. And, and kids need to see adults that are humble enough to admit when they're wrong. It might actually open up uh, another conversation about about grace, right? Endure. Share the gospel with them. Rinse and repeat. Second to last, I got I got two more points, um, and and this one's this one's big for me. This this one was um, important for me when I was a kid. Um, let teenagers see that your desire to share the gospel with them comes from a genuine love and concern for them. Um, show them that you care about them as a person. Don't, don't let them get the idea that you're just trying to have a conversation with them so that they could be a, a notch on your evangelism bedpost. I came up with that today. I'm, I'm kind of proud of that. I think I should write a book. Anyway, uh, uh, let, me give you a, let me give you an example when i was when I was in in seminary, Amy and I went to this church, and uh they had a revivalist speaker come in um, He actually came in three times in, in the three years that we were there. he came every year he was this revivalist guy, and every year he would tell the same stories I don't think you remembered that he told them to us, but every time he told them, he would tell us about how he preached the gospel, and all these these men would come forward and they'd give their lives to jesus and and uh, you know, they they make a profession of faith, and right then and there, sixty men, all in tears, gave their lives to the Lord. Right, and then and then the next year, he tell the same story, and it was and I think the next time it was seventy-five men came and gave their lives to the Lord. And you know, I, at that point, I'm looking over at Amy, and I'm you know making faces that I shouldn't have. I should have been more respectful, but I wasn't. And the the third time, I started you know telling Amy what he was going to say next, right? But, but I, I got the number wrong because I think it would, the, the next time he told the story, it was somewhere in the hundreds, right? And, and what, what I came to realize is that this guy, he, he, he didn't care about these, these people coming to know Jesus. What he wanted, I mean, like I, I, he probably didn't even get a count, but he saw all these people and he, and he came back to other churches to boast about how many people he brought to Jesus. How many people... He was responsible for saving, right? Which is, which is not the gospel, right? Like that man didn't save a single one of them. Even even if every one of them did actually repent of their sins and and trust in the Lord Jesus for the first time that night, he didn't save those people. Jesus did. When 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 we're talking to teenagers, don't convey uh, the 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 sense that that you're trying to uh, you're, you're just trying to have this this moment where they're you're going to change them. You're going to save them. Kids, um, right now, the, the culture is for everybody to find their authentic self. They're all trying to figure out who they are and what's important to them and, and what, is, what is true and what is real. And a lot of them are confused about that. So, so more than most people, teenagers in this generation are able to sniff out if somebody's being pretentious. If if somebody's being false with them, if you're coming, if you're if, if you, the only reason you're talking to this teenager is so that you can you can get to that gospel conversation and try to get them to to give their life over to Jesus, they're they're gonna be um, they're gonna be more resistant to what you have to say. But if you show them that you care about them, if you grab a meal with them, if you talk to them about the Atlanta Braves, right? Or, and, or you know, if you if you ask them about school, if you talk, to ask them to tell you tell you about their friends. You know, what's the what's the funniest TikTok video you saw this week? What's your favorite Halloween candy? I did that one last week with uh, with your kids, with the, the teenagers upstairs. Uh, they 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 know that you're you're genuinely interested in who they are and what's going on in their lives and what's going on in their heart, and and then from that. That relationship of, of caring and love and ch- genuine concern, you can insert a conversation when when opportunities arise. You can share the gospel, and they know that you're not just trying to to change them and fix them. That they know that you that you love them, and you're giving them you're giving them something that you know. You're giving them good news, and they need that. So let them see that it, that that your desire to show the gospel with them comes from. A place of genuine love and concern for them. That's what—that's what Mark Kramer did for me. That's what Dean Nestor did for me. And and I thank the Lord that they—they they liked me enough to let me hang out with them when I was still a pagan <laughs> and and a and a dumb one at that. Um, don't convey disappointment in your unbelieving teenager for not trusting and obeying and loving the Lord. Faith isn't a behavior to adopt. It's not something that they can just figure out. If 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 your teenager is is not is not a Christian, and you're sharing the gospel with them and they're just not getting it, it it, it doesn't help to to act like they're just rebelling against you, right? Don't don't take it. Don't make it a personal a personal thing, right? That, we're we're waiting on the Lord to change hearts. We're waiting on the Lord, the Holy Spirit, through through the working of the or the gospel, through the working of the Holy Spirit, um, is, is how hearts change. And so you you conveying disappointment in them is going to make them it's going to shut them down. They don't want to have that conversation with you anymore. Uh, but loving loving conversations, gentleness and patience with with teenagers goes a long way. And uh, and finally um this honestly should be the first one right it is is pray pray for pray for teenagers pray for god's protection over them from from the the deceptions of the world and satan and the flesh pray for them to to have hearts and and minds and ears and eyes that are open to the gospel pray for them as they form their identity to to be um, to be able to see themselves in what the bible uh, tells us about about each and every human being created in the image of God um, pray for kids because nothing that we do, nothing that we do uh, could ever be enough to 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 fix the the problem of 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 sin sickness and sin guilt so we need to be a praying people if you want to reach teens with the gospel, pray for them, love them genuinely be um, tenacious and don't give up on them don't water the gospel down or gloss over difficult truths engage them in conversations and 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 proclaim the Bible tell them the Bible know your Bible and and God will have his way so that's a uh, that's what I've got that's uh that's that's um, what I've prepared for y'all if I I know we've got about eight minutes before um, before we're, we're out of here. If I guess, can I open up the floor for any Q and A? Did anybody have questions related to this topic or related to anything else? Awesome. All right, well, let me pray for us and then we can go and, uh, and, and hang out until the youth get out and then we can go home. God, thank you again for our teenagers. We, we thank you, Lord, for, um, for this, um, this group of hilarious and hormonal um, young adults. Um, thank you, Lord, for, for, for putting them in our lives, for uh, using them to, to sanctify us. Um, thank you, Lord, for the awesome responsibility and, uh, and great privilege that it is to, to share the gospel with, with teenagers. We pray for our teens. The, this world is, is, in, is, is just as evil as it always has been, uh, but it's increasingly easy for, uh, for darkness and deception to creep into our kids' lives. Um, we pray, Lord, that, that you would make parents wise for uh, not not only gospel conversations, but also for how to protect their kids and prepare their kids uh, to 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 be ready to encounter um, falsehood and and to counter it with your word. We pray for the teens that are that are here right now upstairs, uh, learning about uh, about how best to use uh, the the screens that that they that they look at in a way that um, that is godly. We pray for for um, our teenagers friends help us Lord give us opportunities to to share the good news with with these kids as, as they find their identity and I pray that ultimately Lord they'll, they'll know themselves as, as they they come to know themselves in you um, we love you Lord we praise you for Jesus thank you for the good news that you came to to die and rise again to save sinners like us and, and sinners like like all of our teenagers It's in his name we pray, amen. Thank y'all for coming.